Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk's L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on the sharing of good economy. L. is also the chair of the Marketplace Risk Advisory Board. Please note, this podcast has been prepared for informational purposes and is not legal advice by the Marketplace Risk team or the presenters. The material discussed should not be construed as legal advice or a legal opinion on any specific issue. We urge you to consult a lawyer concerning your own situation and any specific legal questions you may have. Please contact us at info at marketplacerisk.com and we can put you in touch with the appropriate professional. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Al. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Platform Podcast. Today I'm joined by Stephen Kane, who is CEO and co-founder of Fair Claims. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So great to be with you. Now, Stephen, I'm really excited to talk to you about Fair Claims today because I literally know nothing about it. And I've been having a look at your website and I'm really interested in this and also particularly interested in how you specifically work with sharing and gig platforms. So first of all, can you tell me a bit about actually what Fair Claims does? And then we can maybe move move along and hear about how you got into it and set it up and, and a bit about your background. But first of all, what, what do you actually do? Absolutely, sure. So Fair Claims is an online dispute resolution platform. And it's interesting because uh, pre-COVID, that meant something different than it does now. Uh, most disputes are resolved online now. And, uh, and that's really good news. Uh, we've been doing this for seven years. We've resolved thousands of disputes worth millions of dollars, mostly small claims matters, mostly for sharing economy uh, platforms. And um, we work with companies like Home Advisor and Angie's List that are now combined into one name, Angie, Thumbtack, Outdoorsy, Turo, Getaround, and resolve some of their toughest disputes, uh, either between two users on the platform or between the user and the platform themselves. And one way of thinking about us is really like a small claims court online. And uh, we do everything you could do in small claims court, but much quicker, you know, um, takes a lot less time. It's all digital remote. We resolve those claims within about three weeks. And uh, and our arbitrators, it's, we, we use arbitration to resolve the disputes. They spend a, a great deal of time, about 90 minutes on average, resolving each dispute where maybe in small claims court, it might be more like five to 10 minutes in front of a commissioner who's a um, mm-hmm. called a judge, but really a part-time lawyer. Um, so, so yeah, and, we, and we've really, really enjoyed it and, uh, and look forward to doing more in the future mm-hmm. with more gig economy. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you must be considered pretty much ahead of your time because a lot of stuff, uh, legal stuff, has moved online because of people not being able to make in-person appearances in courtrooms. You kind of say, you know, you've been doing this for what, you know, the best part of a decade. You know, people now looking to you and thinking, well, oh, these guys, you know, they, they knew what they were doing, setting this up. It's true. We were we were considered ahead of our time. Most people wouldn't talk to us uh, a couple years ago. Uh, now everybody is open to it. Or a lot more people are open to it. And lawyers are realizing that they can successfully resolve disputes online. They can successfully mediate and arbitrate. They can successfully litigate uh, even with courts online uh, in a way they didn't imagine before. There are some trade-offs. You know, there, there are certain things that are better in person. Uh, but they're realizing they can get the bulk of things done online. 
And they also are realizing they love working from home or working from their vacation homes or being able to travel while they're working or, you know, just like most people are saying. So, yes, that's true. And and the sharing economy marketplaces were willing to do something ahead of its time because they've been ahead of their time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we found that those were the most open minded prospects for us. We tried everybody. And those those are the people who are willing to do something a little bit different. And it's really paid off for them yeah. and then the pandemic happened and and people must have you know and it was almost like what is it um necessity you know as the mother of invention it's a case of you know lots of people probably were trying to catch up and do what you were doing um you know anyway but forced into that situation i imagine that's right yeah the way what we've realized is we're more in people's um consideration set now or mm-hmm. just the idea of resolving disputes online or more in people's consideration set and yeah absolutely it, they people were forced into it and then realized hey this actually works okay so to think a bit more about what that actually looks like can you give me i mean obviously not naming any names but you've given me some examples of really big name marketplaces that we're very familiar with here at marketplace risk what types of dispute, what do these look like, if you could give me examples from the smallest right through? What what do they actually look like? What would be some examples? Sure. They're mostly money disputes, overwhelmingly. And um, a couple examples would be, uh, let's say you... Let's say you have a home improvement project that uh, where you're not happy with the results or um, you're, you're disputing how much uh, payment is owed. That would be an example of the type of dispute we handle. Another would be property damage to an RV or a car. And maybe there's a dispute over well, how much how much is owed for the damage, who caused the damage, when the damage was caused, what insurance uh, comes into play, et cetera. So those are, those are the types of matters we might handle on the platform. And does it make it more complex, the fact that these platforms are connecting to individuals via this peer-to-peer transaction um does it make it more complex than dealing with a, you know a simple kind of somebody gets a company to do something for them and the company doesn't deliver on it because how much can the platform get involved um, and is it a bit of a sort of i was going to say love triangle but possibly a hate triangle in that respect <laughs> uh yeah no it's a love hate triangle <laughs> for sure i i agree with you i think it's more complex because the platform's evolved i think most of the time, 99% of the time, I actually, to be precise, on average, 99.5% of the time, because we've looked at the numbers, people are, 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 are just fine, happy with their experience or just fine and uh, don't have any dispute arise. So disputes only arise half a percent of the time on the platforms. So I think the platforms instill trust to enable the transactions, right? And that's, that's a huge part of what the platforms are there for. Uh, and they instill trust in a variety of different ways. And it's only a, such a small fraction of time where things go awry. And um, it is, I think, more complicated when things do go awry because the end consumer might blame the, prov- the direct provider or they might blame the platform or some combination, you know, or, or sometimes it's le- unclear. And so that's where that's that's one of the reasons um, it's made sense for somebody like Fair Claims to step in and say, "Look, uh, we'll 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 decide we'll decide the resolution." You, you know, rather than keeping the point fingers at each other, let's just 
get to some, some resolution based on the evidence and move on. Mm-hmm. And, and even that's a little bit complicated because then let's say they're not happy with what we decide. Well, then they're, then they're pointing fingers at us and that's okay. That's, that's what we're here for. And then they're pointing fingers at our, our independent arbitrators who made a decision and that's okay. But what we find is that we're able to dissipate the emotions um, because of the process. What we really focus on is making people feel heard and, and that that's as important as anything. That's, that's so core to due process, right? It's getting my day, getting my day in court or getting my day. And, um, and so it's been, it's been effective, but yeah, it is a lot more complicated because of that. And that's kind of fun. That's what we like about it. Mm-hmm. And you must feel like you're kind of like, and I mean this with, with love that you're the kind of like, almost like the last resort when it comes to the sort of whole trust and safety process, when we come, you know, when we're talking about marketplaces, because as you say, you're, you're kind of like working in the, the kind of, you know, the trust and safety that is instilled in these platforms there's kind of hoping that that they won't need you and but obviously you're necessary and you sort things out but at the same time because the whole marketplace transaction is built on trust we're trying to avoid using you would you say that is that fair sure yeah no (laughs) definitely no yeah we don't want we always tell people hope you don't need us but here if you do you know uh and uh and like I said, they don't need us 99.5% of the time. Mm-hmm. In fact, they don't need us 99.8% of the time usually. So of those half a percent where people raise issues, usually the marketplaces are able to resolve 80% of votes. Mm-hmm. And um, and they only send us the ones that, they only send us the toughest of the tough, the ones that take forever to resolve and hours and hours and hours of back and forth and they're still not getting anywhere. And so we are that kind of backstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an important shield, right? Because yeah. that those are the those are the people who will go and complain on social media, make complaints to state agencies, um, sue sue the platform, sue the other users, right? So I'm a lawyer by background, and I realize the time and expense that goes into any of it. And so whenever I had clients come to me, either defending a lawsuit or wanting to sue. I always said, let's try to settle because you're all going to spend a lot of time and money. It, it's, you know, it's stressful. You're going to lose sleep. Let's instead try to get to a resolution that works okay for everybody. Maybe it's not perfect for everybody that works, but it works okay instead of wasting all these resources. So that's what we love doing is taking these tough situations and getting a resolution that works, a workable resolution. And people can also settle on the platform. Even if they go to arbitrate, that's always nice when it happens. And that, that kind of, Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the goal right and so um so yeah it's the toughest of the toughest but it's mitigating the blowback um mm-hmm. so companies that work with us even they save time they they they, they lower their liability they have less lawsuits mm-hmm. uh etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's it's a nice feeling to be able to turn those around so if normally the, these processes would actually go to a, a courtroom um and in a sense um, it must save people, you know, the time, transport, paperwork, so much. But is anybody, you know, not happy about that shift? I'm just interested to know who might be missing out when it comes to that having that traditional small claims type um, experience. Or is everyone happy for this to be online? Well, people are usually not happy if they lose. Yes. <laughs> right. 
So sometimes we get people who come to us and, and they lose and they say, you know what? I lost, but it was fair and square. That's, but that's, most people are not that mature in these situations <laughs> or, or maybe sometimes we, we take feedback about something we could have done better. You know, we, we, we work really hard to make a super fair process, but sometimes we'll take that feedback and, and switch things around. And actually to their credit, a lot of times our, the, the marketplaces who work with us will take feedback whether it's on their terms of service or a process or a way they're communicating with certain users and they just keep getting better because of it. Right. So that, that's always nice, but no, usually if people lose, uh, usually they're not thrilled and some people are vocal about it and we hear from them, right. Very vocal and very upset. And it's also, it's just the whole thing is very emotional and psychological. And um, we get people uh, who are in the toughest situations that, and kind of at the bitter end of it, right? So yeah. that's kind of to be expected. But they're not—they're not always happy when they lose, of course. So it, you know, and, and um, people, and usually by the time it's gotten to us, people think they're right, and the other side thinks they're right, and so you're just going to get that. In terms of um, in terms of the rest of the world, who's happy or unhappy about this? I think most people are happy with the situation where they spend less time and money in litigation. I think even most lawyers are happy with this because they don't usually make their money off of small claims uh, under $25,000. Now, of course, we ha- you know we handle claims higher than that. Some of the lawyers might not be happy about that who think, hey, that could have been a client of mine. But I think most lawyers recognize that uh, it's important to invest in your long-term reputation, at least most good lawyers. It's important mm-hmm. to invest in your long-term reputation and Make your clients happy so you'll get referrals and keep them coming back, right? So you don't have to keep spending money on acquiring new clients and just solve the problem. And most good lawyers are busy anyhow. Um, so mm-hmm. so most people are, are, are good with it. The courts are good with it because they're backlogged uh, yeah. with cases and, mm-hmm. and they want to get them off their, their docket. And it, you know, they Takes they the strain the- yeah, off of them. Yeah, I yeah for sure. I would say the people who are unhappy about it are usually people who are used to getting what they want by hiding behind an inefficient system. Hmm. Uh, you know, sort of the people who can hire. Maybe they hire a lawyer to go intimidate someone to back off. Mm-hmm. Right? Those people might not like this because we're actually fair, or yeah. they, or people are just used to getting what they want because they stiff you on a $2,000 invoice and they know that it costs you time and money or you have to hire a lawyer to get it back. Right. So it's the bad guys that don't like this, which is why presumably you're called fair claims. So that, you know, I like that. <laughs> um, can you give me an idea uh, just what the, the process is, how, how a, a, a sort of example of somebody using you, what, what that might look like? What, can you walk me through it? Sure. So let's say that you're a user on a, on a marketplace platform and something went awry, you know, and you, you, you contact the platform, they, they try to resolve it with you with, within three touches or so. Let's say that it's still not uh, resolved like you think it should be. You could maybe ask uh, to use fair claims if you know about it, or the platform might say, hey, we've got this thing called fair claims where instead of small claims court, you could resolve it with the other side. Let's say it's between two users on a platform. Uh, they would just, uh, the platform would just uh, submit it into the system, takes like 30 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. And they would get a unique sign-up link with some email copy to send you. So you get a, you just get an email with a unique sign-up link. You click on that link and you just enter your information, a little bit about the dispute, 
and how much money you're seeking. And then you agree to arbitrate. So it's all in plain English, all very clear. You check off boxes saying, okay, I know I can't go to court if I do this. I know, you know, here are the rules that I'm going to follow. Uh, here's what arbitration is, you know, all, all very uh, clear. And then, uh, and by the way, if, if, if we're in the platform's terms of service, uh, this might also be mandatory where you, you, would, uh, you would have agreed to it when you signed up for the platform and it would just move forward. But either way, once you sign up, then the other side, assuming the other side signs up and, you know, 80 to 90% of the time, both sides sign up because it's, uh, they see, they see it in their interests. Uh, mm -hmm. On the respondent side, they might uh, realize, you know, I've got to be a good member of this community and the platform's kind of encouraging me to, to do this. And, uh, and a lot of, and now, and a lot of the respondents have found uh, that the arbitrators tend to be very fair. And so a lot of times um, this will get rid of frivolous claims. So there, we have repeat users who sign up on both sides because they have confidence in it. They don't always, even when people lose, they'll still sign up, you know, it's still mm -hmm. better than they're up there. But anyway, then there's a dashboard that kind of tells everybody what to do next and arbitrators automatically assigned. And, um, we just do that randomly to keep it fair. Right. Right. Um, uh, and then, uh, and then you get emails about what you need to do every step of the way you upload evidence, you, uh, have certain deadlines to do everything. You can see the other side's evidence before the hearing. Then you get about a half hour hearing. Sometimes it goes longer uh, with the arbitrator who is a lawyer who's acting as the arbitrator, but who, you know, most of them have handled hundreds or thousands of disputes at this point. And where do you get them, them from, Stephen? Do you, do you have a, a sort of trusted, you know, sort of supply of arbitrators up from all over the U.S.? Or how, how do, you, do you access them? We do. We have a bench of arbitrators who we screen. Uh, we have people applying to be arbitrators all the time because every lawyer wants to be a judge, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and actually they, they think, they think this is fascinating work. Uh, and it is cause it's all novel cases and the sharing economy and, and, um, kind of, you also get some of your judge Judy type matters, which are kind of interesting. Right. So anyway, they, um, we screen them heavily though. We only accept about 7%. We make sure they've practiced law for at least 10 years. We make sure they have the right combination of factors that we've seen be effective, make people feel heard, that they have high EQ, but that they also have a backbone to, to run the hearing, that they're diligent, that they're on time, that they write, that they write well, you know, that they communicate well, all the, all these things. So, uh, yeah, we have a bench that we, that we use. We have about, uh, 25 neutrals, mm -hmm. uh, for our matters. Yeah. Sounds like a cool job. It is a cool job. No, and we've had some of them have been with us for literally six years. Um, they most of them stay at least a couple years. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it can be a difficult job too, but it's also like, uh, yeah, I think they 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 have a lot of fun with them. What what I found is that most of the best neutrals they get gratification out of resolution. It's it's in their DNA. They they like they're peacemakers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how would this service transfer into other countries? Because presumably it's very much tied up into, well, I'm saying presumably, I have no idea, I suppose I'm asking you, um, it's tied up into the US legal system. Is this something that you would be able to launch in other countries? Is, there, is it a model that's transferable? Yeah, no, it's a great question. You know, we do we do offer it in Canada. We sort of have grown with our customer base somewhat we are, are they would like us also to expand into europe we plan on doing that soon 
we could we could offer this anywhere that has a common law system. And there is a there's something called the New York Convention, uh, which says that arbitration awards will be respective uh, respected in different countries. And arbitration is done in a number of, of different countries. A number of countries have signed that. So we can expand into a lot of places and uh, and plan to. It's more a matter of getting local arbitrators. So you know, building up the bench there, uh, building up your reputation somewhat. And then uh, making sure that you have resources for the users to be able to enforce locally in their courts and understanding that system. So, uh, and then and then making sure the platform can handle different time zones. Although that's not that's not mm-hmm. the big issue. But, yeah. But yeah, no, we we plan to expand soon and grow with our customers, and and that's that's always been the plan. I mean, there's some countries where civil litigation takes 10, 15 years. Wow. Uh, in India, for example. So we've been excited about that. From That's the amazing. Beginning. Which brings me neatly, because we've we sort of jumped ahead with the you know, story of you expanding to other countries. Could you tell me a bit more about how you actually came to set, I've been so carried away with hearing about how it works, how you came to set Fair Claims up and, and you have a, you had a, um, you have a co-founder. So tell us a bit about the, the actual journey because you are, you are a platform in yourself. So, you know, you were, you're a platform serving platforms. I find that really interesting. Sure. So I'm a lawyer by background and, uh, and I, I've done all sorts of types of law. I've worked at all sorts of different organizations from AMLA 100 big law to in-house counsel at a communications company to doing sales at uh, some of the high-profile legal tech companies, to having my own practice for, I guess it was about five, six years before I started Fair Claims, where I represented small businesses and startups. And I kept getting calls from people who had small claims disputes they didn't know what to do with. Uh, they were too intimidated to go to small claims court. They knew that it would be three months until they got a hearing. They knew they would have to take half a day or a full day off of work to go in, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I thought there's got to be some better way to help them. And that, that's what got me thinking about settling small claims online. And small claims are about 75% or so of all disputes. You know, the, the disputes you hear about in the headlines are these multi-million dollar mm-hmm. matters with multinational corporations, right? That, that's what journalists typically write about. But most disputes are landlord-tenant <laughs> You know, small breach of contract, you know, somebody got stiffed on an invoice. That's most disputes. That's real life, isn't it? It's real life. It's what impacts most people. And, you know, $1,000, $2,000 is a lot of money to most people. So just started thinking through how I I might help them because I was getting like three, four, five calls like this a month sometimes. And I I didn't even advertise for that. So I thought "There's there's a lot of these. And I spent about a good six months just incubating the idea. I, I you know, started by spending 20 minutes each morning working on it. I'd read a book that said, if you do that, it'll become your full-time job. If you start in the morning with something you're interested in, and, and it did. <laughs> and I just got obsessed with this idea that, you know, we've got to be able to help people with these uh, bread and butter, smaller claims. And then I spent a year after that. So a full year and a half to find my first customer, spent a year after that calling Dry cleaners, dry cleaning associations, uh, body shops, you know, mechanics, uh, landlords, anybody I could think of. And it was the marketplaces who responded. And uh, I think because they have a high volume of these small claims disputes, they're all about instilling trust. 
and they were more open-minded about something new and different. And um, Thumbtack and Turo were our first customers, kind of at the same time. And um, and that that's how we that's how we got started. And it was just a kind of experimenting with them, learning learning and as we. Did as you we know much about that world, that marketplace model before, or was it just literally? you were trying to find your early adopters and it just so happened. I didn't know much. I didn't know a ton about it. I knew some about it because, uh, you know, I kind of grew up in tech. So I, you know, I, I probably knew more than the average person about it, but I didn't know, I didn't know a ton. Uh, it was more just trying to find our first customer and they were just another experiment. And in emailing 20 of them, I think I heard back from a third of people I emailed right away. That's amazing. And it is, yeah. it is a sort of perfect match, as you said at the beginning of the podcast, that, you know, a, a, a kind of innovative model and an innovative, um, you know, way of, of doing things would would be open to, to working with um, an innovative uh, legal sort of, um, you know, service like, like yours. Um, but there must be times when you know you can't deal with it and what happens then has, has there been um i mean obviously i'm not asking for total worst case scenarios and i imagine you've had very few but have there been times when it's just it's too big a, an issue for, for you and either you have to say no or it comes through and you know it it has to go further afterwards that's a good question you know, if it's a monetary dispute under $25,000, we pretty much can handle it. There's some nuance there. There's some, you know, there's, we could get into the weeds about, there are some times where it doesn't make sense for maybe legal or regulatory reasons, but typically we can handle it. The, there have been a, a very small number of times where we decided it may make more sense for the parties to resolve things themselves, but that usually has more to do with uh, what we think is best for resolving the dispute. You know, so for example, maybe somebody signs up on the platform, but it looks like they could come to resolution in some other way that they all prefer. And we say, fine, that, that, that's fine by us. Uh, but typically we can, we can handle it, uh, you know, and, and it's, um, that's a testament to the quality of the arbitrators and the trust that we've built uh, with yeah. users in the system. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'd noticed on your website you had uh, the TechCrunch logo and Bloomberg. So you've, you've had a bit of media coverage, have you? Uh, yes, over the years. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mainly, we, we, uh, mainly we seek media coverage with, with uh, the legal trades uh, because we, especially now we want more and more lawyers to get involved with the platform, especially for the disputes above $25,000. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but yeah, tech crunched an article on us when we raised one of our venture rounds. So we've raised about 4.3 million total, but have had good revenue uh, over the years too, to sustain us. And it's a pretty lean uh, product also. So do you just do all. this, yeah. Stephen, or do you do, do you do other legal work as well? I just do this full time. It's amazing. It's great. I'm so happy that we've got to chat because you've been such a part of the marketplace risk um, family for a while now, and it's brilliant to right. actually hear the hear your origin story. If that doesn't make you sound like um, 
Spider-Man or something. Um, that's okay. It can sound like Batman. We like Batman. Okay. <laughs> I think, Joe, weirdly, I think that's the second time Batman has been mentioned on one of our podcasts. So, oh, all right. Um, well, my, okay. yeah, there's my, something there. Maybe. Yeah, there's definitely something there. Um, my son would be very impressed if, if he knew that. Um, Stephen, it's been lovely to have you on, and um, I hope to have you on as a guest um, a- again, and um, uh, hopefully on um, you know more of our, our content on the Marketplace Risk site. Likewise, yeah, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed this. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk. Tune in next week for another podcast.